You're listening to Everyday Emergency, a podcast from Doctors Without Borders. This is one of those conflicts where outlying regions oppose the central authorities, peripheral zones abandoned by the central government and left to fend for themselves. These areas are of no use to the central authorities. There's no oil. There's nothing of any value to them. It was primarily the unequal treatment meted out to people in the north that triggered the war in Yemen in 2015. After the reunification of the country in 1990, the North was a region to be avoided. Public services were failing. Civic servants transferred there saw that it was a punishment, and too many medical and teaching posts remain unfilled. These injustices resulted in a first rebellion that took place between 2004 and 2010, a period punctuated by frequent clashes between the Houthis and the government. In the aftermath of the rebellion and the Arab Spring, war erupted in 2015. It has since escalated and progressively destabilized the very fabric of Yemeni society. I see a lack of justice as a fundamental issue and the root of all other problems. There is no justice other than forms of tribal justice, which are extremely complex and never function properly in war situations. They require countless, long, drawn-out discussions involving various tribal groups to resolve conflicts that might be over something like a donkey, a cow, or a canceled wedding. So when it comes to war, it's just too laborious and complex. The intricacies of the formal tradition system of justice are substituted for the far more simple methods of popular justice. Weapons are omnipresent, and the insecurity makes it impossible to reach some areas. In the port city of Aden, for example, Ghassan sees how commonplace firearms are. My memory of Aden is that if you can get hold of $10,000, you could have your own private militia with a pickup truck and four armed men in the back. You hire them for a month and make some cash. When I got here, they were everywhere. Pickup trucks with armed men driving through the city. What's weird is that nobody knows which group belongs to who. You never know. Regarding the presence of armed men, I think things have improved since I've been here. The city's a bit more organized, but it's still a total mess. I see it as a city in a state of civil war. In Aden, any form of normality has gradually disappeared. Amid the political chaos, criminals thrive and are quick to take advantage of the failures of the rule of law. Clearly, they didn't just suddenly appear when the war broke out, but it did create a vacuum. 
There are loads of criminal gangs and awful activity. In fact, even before the war, our hospital's main activity was treating criminals and their victims, and this hasn't changed. Other hospitals don't want them. It's an incredible can of worms. Threats are made because friends or men of the family of the criminal who's hospitalized want to get him out or protect him and will do what it takes because they think the cops or the army are going to come for him and kill him. Or the family of someone he's killed is seeking revenge and will come to the hospital to kill him. It happens. In fact, it has lots of times. which explains the impressive-looking security guards posted at the entrance to the hospital in the den. In the vast hall where patients first arrive, everyone leaves their weapons and safes of varying sizes, depending on whether it's a pistol, a Kalashnikov, or an even bigger weapon. A basic but necessary precaution for a hospital right in the center of a den treating wounded casualties from all sides, civilians, coalition soldiers, but also Houthi sympathizers and members of Al-Qaeda. Settling of scores and situations that get out of control are never very far away. There was a guy who wanted to come in to see his brother. The team said he couldn't because it wasn't visiting hours. So he decided to take a hand grenade out of his pocket, pull the pin, and threaten the guards at the door. He was going to blow it up. Business as usual for one of the guards, who took the grenade out of the guy's hand, put its pin back in, and kept it. Then we called security to come and get the guy with his grenade. In a city rife with crime and attacks, the hospital is often aware of explosions in the vicinity. One day, Bernard was working in the intensive care unit when he heard a thud and then a slight tremor. The Yemenis who were with me and are much more used to it, they said, ah, bombs exploded. And very soon after, there was a massive influx of wounded casualties. I'm not sure, but over 100 came in, maybe 130. And if I remember correctly, around 50 people were killed in that explosion. The ring of the bell usually signals a massive influx of injured people. But this time, everyone is alerted and already on the way to their posts. An emergency protocol that continues to be a ritual in the city still a prisoner of war. For more true stories from the front line of medical emergencies, subscribe via your podcast provider or visit msf.org.uk slash podcast.